This is the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. My guest is Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist Janet Zapala, a legend among the Coachella Valley's news anchors. She's the host of Good Food Matters and Your Health Matters, a cookbook author, and now a children's book author, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you for having me. And the book is called Wapo's Giant Heart, the true story of the calf who kept growing. It reminds me a lot of uh, the Charlotte's Web book, a very famous children's book, the illustrations and the story, although your story is a lot more upbeat. That it is, although that's a great compliment, and I appreciate that. It was certainly one of my favorites as a child growing up. And actually, I, I just read Charlotte's Web recently again, I think just to be inspired, because I think it's one of the great classic children's books. Um, this is an upbeat book for sure. It has a great ending. It's a sto- the story of Wapo, yes, as you mentioned, Wapo's giant heart. And it is based on a true story on this calf who's in the Coachella Valley, and that's where I met him. I found out about him at the Coachella Valley Horse Rescue where I volunteer. The director there one night after I had been mucking the stalls said, Janet, you've got to see this picture. It's this giant steer who's become very, very close with our Mabel. There's a pig there as well. And I looked at the picture, and they were actually spooning, Ken. It was the cutest thing. And the steer, Wapo, is huge. In fact, steers are supposed to be, on average, full-grown between 12 and 1,500 pounds. Wapo is nearly twice that, about 3,000 pounds, and certainly well over six feet tall. Uh, Thankfully, he was adopted by a very kind person there in the Coachella Valley. Of course, she never thought he'd get that big. And I believe, if memory serves, E.B. White's story, Charlotte's Web, was also based on his real experiences on a farm. I think you're correct. And you know what, that's what's so special about books like that, because people can relate. And in fact, I bring it up because we do have photographs of the real characters at the end of the book. And anytime you have a book and you see if it's based on a true story as this is, you see the characters who you've grown accustomed to and developed an affinity for reading the book, then you see who they are, and there's that instant recognition, that instant excitement to see who you just read about. But I think the most important thing about this book is it's got so many life lessons in it, lessons like friendship, kindness, Uh, lessons about learning about diversity. We're not all the same. We're not all the same color or the shape. Now, Wapo means handsome in Spanish. Is there a story behind the naming of the characters? That's a very good question. In fact, there there were three little calves uh, who needed adoption. And Lynn was called by the farmer who had these three baby calves. And he said, look, I can't take care of them anymore. Can you come over and see if maybe you could adopt one? She came to his farm. She saw the three of them, and for some reason, Wapo just took to Lynn. One chose me. me. Yes, and then as she spent a little time with him, she said, you are so cute, so handsome, I'm going to name you Wapo. (laughs) And by the way, just so you know, the other two baby calves were adopted as well. I was wondering what happened about those two, yeah. (laughs) Now, the lovely illustrations are by, uh, is it Laura Kaliha? Yes, and actually she's in the Philippines. She's a massively talented illustrator, and I actually found her 
as good fortune would have it through my publisher. Well, let's go back to the beginning. What was the genesis of the book? How did you find the publisher and all these other folks that helped you? Well, good question again, Ken. And I know a lot of people feel like they've got a book inside them and they mm-hmm. want to be an author. It's not an easy process, so I want to preface it by that. If you're passionate about writing a book and you're motivated, you can make it happen. But it doesn't happen overnight. It took me quite a while to find a publisher. A lot of research, a lot of Googling. Uh, I do happen to have a friend, a very good friend of mine, who works at the San Diego Zoo and is an award-winning children's book author. So I called my friend at the zoo and I said, Georgianne, I said, I've got this great story. You've got to write this book. I proceeded to tell her the basis of the story. She said, Janet, I think it's a wonderful story, but I've got such an overflowing plate, I, I just don't have time. She said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. You write it and I'll guide you every step of the way. So I chewed on that for a few days, and I thought, no, I don't think I'm equipped to handle the whole thing by myself. So I called George Ann back, and I said, I'll tell you what, if I can find a collaborator to work on this with me, I will make this happen. And she said, you know, funny you should ask, because we have a woman here who just took early retirement. She is a, a talented children's author. She's written with me. She's written many children's publications. She's worked at the zoo for years. Fast forward, we did connect. She loved the story premise. She said, let's do it, and here we are today. And actually, my friend Georgianne did lead me to my publisher as well. I said, do you know anybody? Because I've been looking, and there are so many different ways to approach this. And she said, well, I do have a friend who just wrote a book, and she's been raving about mascot books out of Virginia. So I immediately hung up from her, went online, looked them up. They said, if you've got a manuscript or an idea for a book, submit it. And if we think it's viable, we'll get back to you. And within three to four days, the CEO called me and said, we love the manuscript. We love the idea. And I, I, you know, full disclosure, he also knew me from the news because I worked in Denver for several years. Ah. And he used to watch me on the news. And he'd say, "I, I know who you are. I've respected your work. Let's do this together. So that also facilitated my getting a publisher. But (laughs) doesn't mean that that has to be everybody's scenario. And the publisher introduced you to the illustrator. How did that go down? Yeah, because there are many illustrators that you can choose from. And they sent me, I would say, about at least a half a dozen. And Laura was on that list. And they highly recommended her for this. And I went through all of her work. And I really felt that her, her illustrations were the feel that I needed for this book. They were warm, the colors are vibrant. We connected and spoke and we hit it off and here we are. She, I think she was the perfect one for this. And it's lavishly illustrated. How long did it take her to do it? It took months. We, went, we started this project in February of 2021 and she finished everything probably by, I think, July. Now, I want to give kudos to Wendy Perkins, who is my co-author on this book. Again, this is a woman from the zoo who is extremely talented, and she had a lot of experience in uh, illustrations and illustrators. And when I showed her Laura's work, she also said, this is it. She's the one for this book. She's the one who can really help us get this, the message out in terms of the feel of this book. Now, you've been an author before. You've published the cookbook, uh, My Italian Kitchen. Uh, how was that in comparison to writing a children's book? Give us the contrast. Like night and day, as you might <laughs> guess, writing a cookbook, I'm telling you, it's like, 
And when you're doing recipes, you know, and I did, I think, 80 recipes in my cookbook, you're constantly writing the recipes and then going to the kitchen, going to the kitchen, back to the typewriter, you know, to the computer, back and forth, back and forth. It's, um, it's a whole different experience. And I really was motivated to write that book because my mom had passed away with cancer. And uh, she was my best friend, and she was a spectacular cook. She could have done anything. She could have been a professional chef, but she just derived so much joy from cooking for others. She, she, we'd all gather in the kitchen. That's where we made our memories. She cooked with love, and everybody would come to the house and go, what's Mary cooking today? And so I wanted to dedicate a book to my mom, and that's why I wrote the book. And I just made it because I'm a certified nutritional consultant. I just tweaked the recipes a little bit to make them a little lighter and healthier, Thus, the title of the book, which is My Italian Kitchen, Homestyle Recipes uh, Made Lighter and Healthier. So it's just a book that people can utilize every single day of the week because it's simple, very few ingredients, easy to make on weeknights because that's what it's all about. People want easy peasy most of the time, and they want food, obviously, that tastes good because if it's good for you and it doesn't taste good, then it's not going to be good for you ultimately because you're not going to eat it, right? So we want healthy foods that taste great and are easy to make. And that's my Italian kitchen, homestyle recipes made lighter and healthier. I still utilize that book to this day, and it was published back in um, 2010. So I still do cooking demos, and I, I use the book, and people love it. And it's uh, been a tool for all these years. And, again, a great homage to my mom. I think she would have loved it. In fact, I know she would. So back to the children's book, have the movie rights been sold? Not yet, but we're working on it. I love that idea. <laughs> I think we're you know, one step, uh, you know, at a time. We don't want to put the cart before the horse. I would love if when this book really takes off, and I really believe it will, we're, we're getting the word out with people like you, Ken. I, I so thank you for this. And many others are very interested in, in talking with us about the book and about the messages. And when it hits the bestseller list, hopefully we'll do maybe a series because there are so many animals there at the rescue and the sanctuary that have stories that we could, we really could do a series of books and start doing stuffed animals and toys. And can't you just see a giant WAPO stuffed animal that kids could cuddle with at night? Oh, you've got it all <laughs> planned out. Yeah, very good. I'm telling you, you got to have a plan because you're going to fail if you don't, right? As yeah. uh, King Richard said, the Williams sisters' father, he said, you got to have a plan or you're going to fail. Or you're going to fail if you don't have a plan, something to that effect. And it's true. So have a plan, stick to it, have a vision, stick to it. If you've got a passion, stick to it, and you will make it happen, and it won't be work. It'll be a labor of love. It's, I don't think one iota of putting this book together and working on this book was really work. It was, it was an experience, and every single day I worked on it, I derived great pleasure from it. WAPO's Giant Heart is available on Amazon today, the release of this podcast. Obviously, these are pre-recorded. It'll be available February 1st in hardcover, and on the 2nd, as a Kindle book, will you be doing an audiobook? I would love to, and we kind of broached that subject initially, and my publisher said, let's talk about that down the line. So I think we're getting close to that. I think it would be a, a great thing to do. We'll see what we'll see how it pans out. I'm going to try anyway. What do you think? Think it's a good idea? 
Well, I'm biased, you know, so I, I want to read it for you, but I'm sure you'll read it yourself, so that's okay. <laughs> if you, if you want a male voice, it. look me up. All right, all right, we'll, we'll keep that in mind for sure. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit more about the uh, Coachella Valley Horse Rescue. How can people get involved yes, in that? That's a very good question. Um, they are always looking for volunteers. So if you have some time and you love being around animals, I highly recommend you check them out. You can check out their website at cbhorserescue.org. Get on there, and you'll really learn all you need to learn about who they are and reach out to them because, as I say, they're looking for good volunteers. They're also looking for sponsors. Now, I've sponsored horses out there throughout the years. Whatever you can do to sponsor a horse, then that means, you know, to maybe give $200 a month, $300 a month, whatever you can afford to help pay for them because the horses have to eat every day and they eat a lot. And they do need sponsors to help keep them going. They're a nonprofit. So really they depend on the kindness of friends and strangers alike. In addition to that, I know for a fact that they're actively seeking a grant writer, and that is a paid position. So if anybody out there is a grant writer and they want to work with Coachella Valley Horse Rescue, I urge you to look them up, reach out, and talk to them. And ask for Annette Garcia. She's the director, and she will guide you to the right people and get you to where you need to go because we really do need a good grant writer. We did have someone uh, who just had to resign because she just didn't have enough time. She had a full-time job as well. And it really, I think, it broke her heart to have to resign, but she really had no choice. So here we are. We need sponsors for the horses. We need volunteers, and we need a good grant writer. So those are the three things. Again, reach out. Go on their website at cvhorserescue.org. Now, I mentioned Amazon. Where else can they buy the book? And are you on a book tour? Yes, I am currently on a book tour. I'm on the West Coast right now doing book signings. A lot of it is Zoom because of the ongoing COVID issue, but hopefully um, that's going to dissipate here pretty quickly, and I'll be out in person. I do have some scheduled appearances uh, on the East Coast, in the Northeast, in the uh, Southeast, and in Los Angeles, and in the Coachella Valley. I come back and forth whenever they need me to do book signings. So, because Wendy, my my co-writer, she loves writing. She loves, you know, the whole process, but she does not like getting out there. She's like, I'm too shy. You take care of it, Janet. So, I'm, I take this on myself, and uh, and I'm getting out out there as much as I can. Uh, we are doing the book signings. We are doing um, some in-person events, but it should be available in some bookstores, Barnes and Noble, and places like that, and smaller bookstores. So you have to kind of just go online and take a look and see where it's available. But as you mentioned, it is available on February 1st. Here we are um, on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And what's next for you? I mean, you're a busy lady. Ken, I wish I had a crystal ball. Doggone it. It would make my <laughs> life and all of our lives so much easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> I have, I've always had a lot of goals, but my thing is I have a lot of balls up in the air and a lot of plates that I kind of juggle so... I've got the children's book, I've got cooking demos, I've got my cooking show, Good Food Matters, that's actually streaming on the DB&A television network, and I urge everybody to take a look at that. All you have to do is Google them, D is a dog, B is a boy, and A, television network, 
there are so many great shows on there from sports, entertainment, uh, cooking, health and wellness, fitness. People will derive a lot of good information on there. So my shows are on there now as well. There are three different cooking shows on there, um, and I'll be shooting some more. So that's my goal as well, to continue to do that. And, of course, we're trying to find somebody who could put it on a, an even bigger platform. So that's always a goal. So there are a few things that I'm working on, and we'll see what happens. Cooking is always, you know, cooking and health and wellness are something that I really devote my life to. As a certified nutritional consultant, as I mentioned, I think it's really important to continue to help people live a good, healthy quality of life. So that's a passion of mine. And, to, and I love kids. So anything that I can do with kids, um, I try to do. So this children's book is, is facilitating that for me because I'm out there reading to kids all the time, which I love. And then it's just a matter of maybe imparting those good health and wellness messages to the adults that they will then impart to the kids because it starts young. You know, we have to eat well to live well and be well, and we can't start too soon, but it's also never too late. So if you haven't really been eating well as an adult, it, you, can, you can start today to pay attention to what you're putting in your body because really it's the only place we have to live, right? If we don't take care of it, it's not going to take care of us. And I really believe that if we take care of it now, we're going to spend a lot less time in the doctor's office later, pay a little bit more for the organics, because they're going to be healthier for you and a lot less at the doctor's office later. It all is a process, and we need to pay attention to those important things in life that are going to make our lives easier and a lot more enjoyable. So in answer to your question, I have a lot of different things going, but I think if I can impart good messages to children and adults, that I'm doing hopefully a little bit of my part giving back to the community, giving back to the world, you know, in any small way that I can I can do that. I think it's really important. You know, you say you'd need a crystal ball, but listening to your various passions, I think if I put them into a computer and had the computer tell me what you need to do next, it sounds like a children's cookbook. That's interesting. That has crossed <laughs> my plate as it as well. And pardon the pun, it has crossed my plate. And we have kind of discussed it and I keep telling people day by day, first things first, let's get WAPO's Giant Heart out there as much as possible so that people know it's available. And then, hmm, something to chew on. I like the idea a lot. Well, one thing we know for sure, you'll probably be spending the next few months uh, approving the plush toys for WAPO. That'll be out by Christmas for this season. Oh, I like the way you think. You want to work (laughs) with me on this, Ken? Yeah, there you go. You need you need an agent. You probably have an agent. I actually don't. In fact, the DBNA Television Network is run by my former agent, uh-huh. who called me during the pandemic and said, "Look, a lot of my clients are losing their jobs in news and sports because of this pandemic, and I want to give them a platform where they can still utilize their talents. And we're doing this now, and I need something from you. Even though you're not my client anymore, we're friends. We've been friends for years." Can you do something? I said, I'll do these cooking shows. Sure, you know, I've been doing them. I'm happy to do them for you. And that's how that sort of transpired. But I don't have an agent. However, I think I need one at this juncture. Any final thoughts for aspiring authors? I would say, and at the risk of sounding repetitious, stick with your plan. Have a plan. Stick with your passion. If you believe you have something in your heart that you want to get out there and share with the world, no one should be able to stop you. 
Can't is, should not be in your vocabulary no matter what you want to do. Just get out there and do it. Life is short. Janet Zapala, it's been an honor to have you on our podcast today. Thank you for joining us, and I look forward to interviewing you on your children's cookbook soon. (laughs) Again, the eternal optimist. I love the way you think, Ken, and thank you so much, and congratulations on everything you're doing and for giving people like me uh, a vehicle to get our word out because this is where it all happens. You know, you're disseminating great information to people, and you're providing a wonderful service. So we really appreciate it, as I mentioned before. Thank you. Now, no book review would be complete without having a qualified literary critic weigh in, and we have a special guest at the studio today. Let me introduce five-year-old Penny, who is quite a skilled reader, as you can hear in the background. Let's see what she thinks of the book. I loved it. Penny went on to describe some of the pictures. It's a little pig. There's the Carolina story and Ren, Gompo and Boiny. Then I asked her which character in the book she would like to be. A cow. You want to be the cow? <laughs> mm-hmm. Finally, I asked Penny to sum up the story. They made a lot of friends. <laughs> Penny asked if she could take the book home and read it to her little sister. Can I bring it home? <gasps> Thank you. Yay. Well, there you have it, the review from our young critic, Penny. Thanks again to Janet Zapala for being our special podcast guest today. WAPO's Giant Heart, the true story of the calf who kept growing, is available on Amazon and from other fine booksellers everywhere. This has been the Public Record Podcast, a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and be sure to click the subscribe button. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. Thanks for listening.